This story is not about the presents under the tree. It's not about the sails or the songs or the snow. It's about a promise God gave us for every time we feel isolated, forgotten, lonely, for everyone who needs connection, closeness, warmth, or just to know they're not alone. This story is about Emmanuel, God with us. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Josh, for leading that. That was great. What a fun morning we're having. I hope you're having a good time. You get a fun church. I, I grew up in some settings. I don't name names or any places, but it was really boring. And there's a kind of a rule, and I work with students and as a youth pastor, it's a sin to bore a kid. And so it's also a sin to bore, <laughs> bore one another. So hopefully you had some fun here, and, and yet I really appreciate Chris leading us and just really at the time saying, Lord, we're asking you to come and visit. And, and he's come. Jesus has come. You know, we, Advent, you know, it's just, it means coming. Well, he already came, right? But we get to celebrate Christ every single Christmas, and so I'm so glad you're here today. If we haven't met, I'm Dan. I serve as a pastor here. If you're watching online, we're great to have you here today. In fact, there's actually a few people here today that I don't think I've seen you in the last 18 months in person. So thank you for being here and willing to come out and join us here for just as we celebrate this Christmas week. Um, before we jump in, I just want to mention one more thing is we, one of our kind of our last Christmas causes is Hands of Hope. I'm not sure if that got mentioned this morning, but Hands of Hope is a ministry we're supporting. It's actually providing a, a Christmas party for children in Africa. I'm a little, uh, well, it's not a little country, but a, a group of people in Malawi, Africa, this, this agency that we support. And so we would love for you to consider in your end of your giving to give toward that. And so actually what you can do is you're give, if you're giving online under the missions box, Whatever goes in for the month of December in missions actually will go toward this. Provides food, it provides uh, Bible education, and even this little Christmas party that we're donating to. They get little candies and little things like that, but mostly it's bare essentials, a fork and a spoon and a bowl, those kinds of things we're providing. Really, one of the poorest uh, areas in the world is this, this area that we give toward on a regular basis, but specifically to this Christmas party that we try to offer and support each year. So appreciate you doing that. I just want to make sure that's mentioned here as we're kind of wrapping up uh, 2021 and our giving. So thank you, thank you for supporting what we're doing across the world, literally. But we are in week of Christmas, aren't we? We are, we're in the thick of it. Uh, how many would say you're, you've, you're in the Christmas spirit? You got the Christmas spirit, right? Raise your hand. A lot of you, hopefully today, you had some fun today and you saw, you know, some, some crazy ugly sweaters that to get you in the mood for things. But some of you are feeling it. And I think there's kind of been extremes, though, when it comes to Christmas. For some of us, we actually, like, extremely, we're excited. We feel like this. We feel like him, right? There's just this moment where we feel it and we're in it. And we can maybe come off a little obnoxious because we love it so much. Or, let's just face it, some of us kind of take the other extreme that we feel like this. You know, we're feeling that, right? And there seems to be extremes when it comes to this coming week. So I don't know if you got all your Christmas shopping done. I don't know if you're in the thick of it, kind of feeling stressed. Hopefully you can take a little bit of a breather as you're here today. But I do know that some of us have to get back into the grind and finish up what you're getting ready for. My wife the other day, she says, well, we need to nail this thing down. I'm like, what are you talking about? We need to nail down the Christmas gifts. I'm like, great, let's do it. Let's do some shopping. Where do I click? 
She goes, no, we're going we're gonna to go to the store. I'm like, that's still a thing? People go to stores? And so here I was in the, in the depth of TJ Maxx. Like I'm in the back, I'm in the gourmet food aisle, okay? Just quality stuff right there. So all our relatives are going to love us with the old popcorn, everything that's there, all the gourmet stuff. There. And, I, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm listening, though, as I'm shopping and looking around, there's this lady, kind of middle-aged lady, talking on the phone, and I hear, I hear the name Zach, and she says, Zach, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm in the store, and I'm looking for gifts, and I'm excited, I want to, you know, buy, buy some things for the kids and all this, and she's talking about, she trying to get some ideas from them, apparently, and then all of a sudden, there's hesitation, he goes, no, I know, yeah, I, I know, I, I know we said we're going to do, th- yeah, I know, I just want to get some gifts. I want to be there. I want to be able to, you know, we're going to have a party and get together. And, and, and then at the end, she goes, son. She goes, son. And here it was. I, I, I just want to be with you guys. Yeah. Just like, you know. And they hung up, and then I just saw her head out into the dark, cold, rainy night that was. And I'm thinking, man, I'm, I'm just ticked. I'm like, who is this Zach? You know, and I'm just like, you know what? I would just want to get his phone number. I would say, you suck as a son. Like, how could you treat your mother that way? Like, I was getting this defensive thing. But what I realized is this is, I don't know the story. I don't, I don't know his side of things. And, and I don't know her side, obviously, the whole story. But all I could sense is there's a lot of brokenness there. There's a lot of pain somewhere in there. There's a lot of distance that was created. And we think about Christmas and we're going, Christmas wasn't designed for that. That's not what it's for. It's not about the gifts and chocolate. It's it's to be together. It is this message of with. And we've been doing this series for the whole thing, to be with one another and to come. We are born with a deep, deep need for connection. It's hardwired in our souls. Loneliness and emptiness and heaviness are not intended. And it wasn't intended for Christmas. It was not even intended leading, leading up to Christmas. And yet there was. There was this emptiness and yet it had a promise. And this promise came long ago. Hundreds of years were prophesied that it would happen and it would happen in a particular way. It would happen in a particular young teenage peasant girl. The Bible says this of the Christmas story. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. And here's, here it is right here. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. That's been the heart of Christmas. It's been the heart of God from the very beginning when when he created his first people. The Bible says that he created and he went and to the cool of the day into the garden and he was looking to be with but if you know the story of Genesis, they hid because of their sin, of their mistakes. And we do that as people, don't we? we when, when, when we hide away 
We fear the one that is wanting relationship with us, want to be close to us. And so we pull away and we isolate and we, we find ourselves drifting into a, a cold, dark shopping center. We, we find ourselves separating from people and pain and all that's going on. And that wasn't intended at all. And God pursued man all through history. This, but it led up to this amazing promise that would be well, totally fulfilled. Through Mary, here is her response. It says this, of hearing this. She said, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I always find it humorous when I read, she was greatly troubled at his words. She was greatly troubled at the angel's words. I would just be greatly troubled of the angel. <laughs> and, you know, I always think about the, you know, the difference between Bible angels and, like, chubby Valentine angels, okay? This, isn't, this is a warrior angel. Every time an angel shows up in the Bible, people freak out. They're afraid. And that's really the response of the angel that said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Now, I love that word, don't you? Do you love favor? I love favor. That's, man, if anything, we need some, some of us need some, this Christmas is some favor. We could, we could use some favor maybe in our, with our boss. We could, have, we could use a little bit of favor with our finances. We could use a little favor in helping our, in our marriage and our, our, whatever going on and problems and struggles or health issues all kind of tie into a little bit of favor. It's interesting, this word favor is actually the same Greek word for grace, keros. And it's interesting how it plays in the story, how important it is, because grace here, this word keros, means this in, endowed with a supernatural power of enablement. And, and basically, we, it's saying when, when we need grace the most, God is the one that provides it. And clearly, Mary was going to need a lot of grace and a lot of favor for the undertaking what the angel tells her. This is what he says to her. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. We love the name Jesus, it's, it, but it's, it wasn't a unique name back then. Yeshua was the Hebrew name. It was a, there was a lot of Joshes running around with that name back in the day. But that le name literally means God saves. It says that of him, he will be great. And will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Wow. Powerful baby to be born. And you think about what was her reaction to this. You kind of think of, you know, teenagers or screenagers today. You're like, they're going to look up from their phone like, what did you say? <laughs> what do you want me to do? This is, and that's kind of Mary's reaction. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And here it is. Here's the, here's the need for superpower, supernatural empowerment. The angel answered. Here, here he goes, step by step. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. I love this next part. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Isn't that powerful to hear that? No matter what God says, it will happen in its time in the way that he wants it to happen. Listen to Mary's amazing response to this massive assignment. What does she say? She doesn't, she doesn't go, hard pass. I'm going to pass on doing it. No, no. What does it say? I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. With such humility and obedience, 
I tell you, that's a challenge for us. Anytime God gives an assignment, it is always going to be outside our comfort zone. Have you thought of that? It's a massive assignment. You're going to do what? And I'm, you want me to do what? Most of us respond, no way, not me. But listen to her response was, may your word to me be fulfilled. Man, such commitment, such a obedience and, and this hope she's hanging on. She goes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to follow this, knowing it will be fulfilled, knowing that l- literally labor will be involved. And I think of our own lives and what we're, we find ourselves in, in, in labor and endurance that what would be birth will bring to fruition that, that gives us that hope that we need. Now, if anyone in, in human history that literally embodied the Christmas spirit was Mary. She was the surrogate of the Savior of the world. The good news of great joy. Savior will be born. And he was. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness we celebrate Christmas for the fact that it already has happened. That is good news for great joy for all of us, and especially every lady that's in this room and in the world, that you do not think you're going to get the assignment to give birth to the Savior of the world. That's already been done. The shipment has been fulfilled. It's, com- it's complete. But the spirit of Christmas, how many know, did not end with Mary. It would be a promise for us as well. In fact, here's our core Christmas truth. Jesus desires to dwell with us, in us, and through us by his Holy Spirit as a carrier of his presence. Jesus desires to dwell with us, in us, and through us by his Holy Spirit as a carrier of his presence. That should give us hope. That should give us hope for every lonely shopper at TJ Maxx. It should give us hope for everyone staring at a screen all day. It should give us hope for the people that are in loss this Christmas. This last week, I got a call, and, and, and I said, do you want me to come? And I came down to the University of Washington as uh, Al Smith, who's been a part of our church, uh, took his last breath. And his wife, Laura, you can pray for her. There's a loss. There's a loss this Christmas. This last year, as we reflect upon, some of you are, this, this Christmas, this will be your first Christmas with the loss of a loved one. It's tough. It's tough. But this promise, this promise is still with, that he'd be with us. There's an emptiness inside for, for so, many, so, so many people. And yet, this calling this young teenage virgin had, you know, middle, 2,000 years ago, as carriers of the Christmas spirit is this promise, the Emmanuel God with us. And so I want to I help us is if you're not, you don't have the Christmas spirit, I want to help us. I want to help us get in, get, not just get in the Christmas spirit, to really actually experience the Christmas spirit. First is this, the reminded of this. He put skin on to dwell with us. He put skin on to dwell with us. The Bible makes it very clear that, that God poked himself through heaven and, and, and came down. Colossians says this, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. All of it, not part of it. God didn't send a sub. He didn't send a Santa in. He didn't send, send some kind of, you know, you know, some kind of like cardboard version, you know, hallucination or hologram. In fact, that belief of such things transpired just decades later after Christ had come. There was a heresy that formulated, it was called Gnosticism. 
And people started believing, like, well, they were doubting. Well, then Jesus really didn't come, like, in the flesh and blood, right? I mean, come on. He re- and all that he did and everything. And, and so that, that belief, that, that false belief started formulating. And that's why, that's why you read, if you read the book of John, later on, John was written a few decades later than the other Gospels. You find this, this bent that John has to really, really communicate. No, no, no. He was in the flesh. In fact, we read it last week in John 1. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We, we use this word flesh as the Bible from Greek was translated in, in the Centuidate, which is in, in Latin. It, it, this word flesh means incarnus, means to make into flesh. And so we, we, if you're a Spanish-speaking pers- person or you just like Mexican food, okay, we use it, chili con carne, okay? You know, carne asada. Doesn't that sound good right now? Carne asada. Okay? That's with meat. Carne with meat. It means incarnation, to embody in the flesh. Why did that matter? It mattered a lot. It mattered to the people then because it wasn't just this hallucination or hologram. Jesus really came. God really truly came in flesh and blood. Jesus had a real address, Nazareth, in the region of Judea, in, in a country called Israel, in a place that he occupied his time of ministry, really three short years, and he spent 80%, think about this, 80% of his time in this little fishing village outside of, right on the shores of Galilee called Capernaum. And you go to Capernaum, I, when I visit Israel, you go to Capernaum, there's a synagogue there. And it's the coolest thing of all the cool things there is because where the synagogue is, it's the same floor, the, the, the rock that's there is the, is the original, they believe the original where Jesus stood. And so when you stand where rabbis stood, Jesus was a rabbi, where the rabbi would stand in front of the, the synagogue just like a church was, that's where the teacher stood. And to stand with, I want to take my shoes and socks off, and to stand where Jesus stood and to touch the very real estate, it's a powerful thing. Jesus was real. And Jesus dwelled. And, and, and you're wondering, what was it like to meet Jesus? I like how John, again, he gives in, in his letters later on, again, to, to really push against Gnosticism. He says, no, listen. This is which we, from the beginning, which we've heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked and we, our hands have touched, that we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, and we've seen it and testify it. We proclaim to you the eternal life, which was from the Father has appeared to us. John is just giving this convincing thing. We we witnesses it. We experienced it. We saw him. We saw him touch people. We touched him. We shook his hand. We, we were with him. We heard him snore, maybe. We heard, did Jesus snore? We don't know. It doesn't say, but he was a real person. Do We smelled hummus on his breath when he was talking. Okay? He was a real person. He really came in the flesh. Can I tell you, the spirit of Christmas is incarnate with us, but also, this is even greater, no. He conquered sin so he could dwell with us. He conquered sin so he could dwell in us. So within us. So powerful to think about this. Obviously, it was, so it was obvious that Jesus came in the flesh, right? Not everybody believed it. John writes this again. He says that, that they missed him. He says he was in the world and through the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. What was going on? The, the people were believing for this Messiah to come, but, but not as a baby, 
Not as a lowly peasant family. No, he's supposed to come as a conquering king. No, they, they missed him. And I, how many know? Well, people miss it. We celebrate Christmas every, well, every Christmas. Every year it comes. It's in the name Christmas, Christ. And we still miss it. We still miss it. We get focused on ugly sweaters. No, I'm kidding. We love it. Look what he says, though. But, but look what he says. Yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or of husband's will born of God. What he's saying is once a person has said, acknowledging Christ as Lord, is, is, is come to flesh, what happens is this experience happens where we're born again, born from the inside out. And we needed to be because we can't, God can't dwell in, in unholy vessels. There need to be purity, and that purity could only happen not only for coming in the flesh, Christ did, but his blood, which was royal, which was perfect. The virgin birth was all part of Jesus being perfect so that this blood would be pure. Colossians tells us this, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, Got that? We've talked about that. Through him to what? Reconcile to himself all things, which things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Both had to happen. Flesh and blood for the, for the forgiveness of our sins and only happened through the cross. And as much as we celebrate Jesus coming, who actually came already, that's only part one. We can't forget in the Christmas story, there's a part two. It's called Easter. Well, Easter's in the spring. No, we're still got to talk about the fact that Christ came and lived, but he needed to die. And, and of course, we celebrate his resurrection. But the Christ, it has to be that for that, the forgiveness of our sins to be cleansed. And so this coming week in your Advent interaction in your programs here, we created a, a little family time or small group time that you can do with your men's communities, ladies groups, whatever you'd like to do this week if you're meeting this week. And with it comes doing Christmas communion. You're thinking, that's, that's an Easter thing. No, it's, it's something we remember what Christ has done for us. And I encourage you to take some time uh, around your group or family to to have some time this week, some special time together. Hey, especially in this next weekend, we will not be gathering here in person. We hope you can watch online, but find some good family community time together to remember what Christ has done. Not only came, but he, was, he came as a baby, but he was born destined to die for our sins. It, the, it leads us into the, the spirit of Christmas through that death and through then the resurrection, which, which is amazing. What, within the 36 hours, his closest followers saw him alive, and then he tells them, he says, I am going, I'm, I'm with you here, but something greater is going to happen. Stay close to me in 40 days. And he peers uh, in and out in opportunities, and he says, as he's about to finally ascend to heaven, he says, I'm not going to leave you empty-handed. He basically tells him this in John 14. I tell you, before, actually this is just prior to his going to the cross, he foreshadows, he says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done, even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. I always read that, greater? How are you to do greater than Jesus? Well, remember, there is only in a sense, one of him on earth. What, did, what happened? Then he went to the Father. And I think that's a dynamic duel, right? God and the Father. And then you throw in the third, 
the, the Holy Spirit. I mean, you got something going on right there, okay? And it says this, because what he says is, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. This word counselor, meaning Greek, it's a parakletos, which means come alongside, traveling companion, kind of thing. I always kind of picture the three-legged race. He's with you, kind of alone along. He's, he's, he's near you. He's connected with you. To be with you forever, and I love this, the spirit of truth. Do we ever need the, in the spirit of truth is today, okay? A lot of information, a lot of, well, misinformation out there. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and here it is, prophetically says, will be in you. Not only just with us, not, but will be in us. And not for us to feel good. And I'm telling you, there's times where I just need the presence of God in my life that I can get through what I'm getting through and struggle and everything's there and that chaos, grace, that supernatural empowerment I need. But it's not for, the Holy Spirit's not here for us to feel better about ourselves. It actually has a purpose. And it's the mission of Jesus. Acts 1.8 says you, for you, it says this, for you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, what? My witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the whole purpose of the Spirit coming. Well, what happened was 10 days later. So it led to Pentecost. Pentecost uh, day happened. And so 40 days Okay, Jesus was on the earth from the resurrection. And then he says, go wait. And they waited 10 days for this day. He says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they're sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled him. What happened was, it's, that experience it spilled over into the, literally into the streets. It was quite the moment. In fact, it caused such an uproar that people gather in such a way and they're going, what is going on? What is happening? And Peter gets up. Peter, who had just denied Jesus a month and a half ago, gets up and says, no, let me tell you what's going on. He says this in Acts 215, he says, then the people are, he says, these people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine in the morning is, is much too early for that. <laughs> I like this translation. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In these days, I will pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy, and I will cause wonders in heaven above the signs on the earth below. Blood and fire, the, the clouds of smoke, the sun will turn dark, and the moon turn red, blood red before this great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter goes and he invites people, he preaches about Jesus and tells them, listen, that Jesus that you crucified is the one. The Bible says about 3,000 people came to faith that very day. And what happened at that moment? What happened is this transference happened from, from God dwelling in a body to Christ coming and dwelling in 
his body, the church. For finally know this, we are carriers of his presence through us. He's with us, he's in us, but he would be the purpose of through us. Now, if I was God, I'd do it a different way. I would do it very different if I was God. And thank God I'm not God and you're not God either because it's like there's just a better way. Can't we just have one big huge screen that's let everybody know? Yeah, well, that's called the internet, okay? So now we have that. That hasn't really worked. What, what works is people. We are plan A. God doesn't have a plan B. That's a lot of pressure, I know. We are his plan. He had this brilliant idea like I'm gonna use people to reach people with my message, it's us. We are carriers. If you want to, I'm a Christian. You know what Christian means? Little Christ. Little, little you to take Jesus, the big Jesus, to the people around you. Christ in us, the hope of glory. The apostle tells us, Paul tells us this. He says, now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is a part of it. As a follower of Christ, if you become a follower of Jesus, you're in. You're wondering, how do I get in? You're in. You're, you, there's, no, there's no other way you need to worry about. If you've received Jesus, you're a part of this body. Now, the challenge is the church, along the way, has kind of forgot who they are because the church somehow became a what than, than a who. And still today, people, when they view church, they still think it's a building. We still get caught up in the building thing, and we've learned that in the last couple years that it is not about a building. Now, some of you have been around here for a while. We're like, yeah, this, this building is kind of falling apart. And we're hoping another year, another Christmas saying we're going to believe God to break ground in 2022. It's going to happen. But knowing this is when there's nobody in this building, this is not a gathering of the church at all because it's it's the people. It's not a service nor a mass of people. I mean, I remember growing up and it was the longest hour of my week was church, okay? That's not what it's about. And it's not a demographic, oh God, no, and it cannot be about a political persuasion, as many have said. There's, those are the rumors out there. What the church is, is a who, not a what. Jesus says, I will build my church. That word church means assembly or gathering. It's a gathering of people. The Romans, they're the ones that came up with this word that, 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 Paul, that, that Christ redeems it because the Romans, what they did was this ecclesia. They, it was kind of a negative thing. They said, hey, come hear this information. Everybody, and they had a town crier, okay? They didn't have email back then. Come, come, you gotta hear about this. And many times it was negative news. The Romans, you know, Caesar is going to put more taxes on you. Oh, and they groan. And then there was more Roman guards and things, and, and it was more persecution was happening. So when what, what Christ does is, I'm call, I'm going to be, you're going to be the ecclesia. I'm going to, it's actually going to be a positive thing. You're, we're going to gather, but we're going to scatter you. And that's really, truly what happened with the church. God, God's calling us out today, and that's what happened. 120, 300 years later, turned into 20 million followers of him but what happened along the way the church became a became a what over a who and the church became about cathedrals and programs and 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 in clergy and and moved from being this movement to a monument and listen we've had reformations we've had awakenings we've had revivals we've had renewal renewals and all of those are important we need an outpouring of the spirit of god we sang it today god come visit us is there a hunger and every time as you look through history when there is a hunger for the holy spirit when there's a move that's happening we're saying god move we've truly truly desperate the lord in his timing in his will. It's not a formula. The Lord will, will do that and he will move. I'm just wondering, are we hungry enough? 
Are we really that hungry? Are we really hungry for believing what he can do and what only he can do? Is there a stirring this season for you? Do you have the Christmas spirit, the Holy Spirit that's in you? I invite Chris to come as we go to prayer. I want to be doing something a little different today as we do this. I'm glad we have one service because we don't have to worry. I know some of you got some children downstairs. We want to care for our kids' workers. But as Chris comes, I want to, I want to set you up with this thought as we close. Again, are you, are you carriers of the Christmas spirit? That's, that's the question I have for you. Last, well, two weeks ago now, my friend Dave, he's a realtor, and he, we had coffee. He goes, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, well, that's my day off on Friday. I don't have much going on. He says, hey, do you, would you like to go with me? My real estate group that I, I'm a part of is they've pooled together and they've got, they want to deliver pizzas to the people in Sumas, people, people that suffered from the, the, their victims of the flood. I said, yeah, it's fine. So I, I hop in his car and we stop by Domino's on the way and have 30 pizzas in his back seat. And so we show up in Sumas and he pulls up to a house and he says, okay, there you go. I'm like, what do you want me to do? He goes, just go to the house and bring pizza. Do they know we're coming? No. You know, it's, it, just what do you want me to say? Well, say whatever you want to say. And so I'm like, I don't even know what, I don't even know who really bought these pizzas, but I'm just going to do this. And so I, I found myself doing this. I, I'm just the delivery boy. And, and I'm like, well, that's, somebody needs to do this job. This is a great job. And so I go to the door and, and you know, some of them are like workers or cleaning up the, the houses a lot. And, and really most of Sumas right now is pretty empty because it's, how people are displaced, families are displaced. But those that are working there, either people trying to improve the houses, clean them out. But we, we did find several homeowners. Some of them are still trying to live in the situation that they're in. I remember going to this one lady and I, I just brought, I brought these pizzas to her and she is literally knee deep in all of it. She goes, thank you so much. She was just so blown away. And you're thinking, man, they probably received a lot. Well, it's, it, it, they, they're still in need. It's not over. It's just the beginning for them. But I would tell you this one particular situation where I, I came through the door, I knocked and there's nothing to knock. There's no door. And I just yelled, hey, anybody in here? Is this a homeowner? Anybody home? And, and I'm back here. And so I go back there, and there's this guy on the floor, and he's, he's already had his house kind of, you know, basically sheetrocked. It's all ripped out. I mean, this house, it almost looks like it should just fall over. It's so bad. But he's working, working really hard in this house. And, and I said, hey, I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just some people, some generous people have donated pizza to, to give out to the community here. I'm just the delivery boy, you know, guy. I'm just delivering to you. And I said, how many are in your family? Well, I have six people in my family. It's like, well, here's some pizzas, man. Take, you, know, you don't have to cook for dinner tonight. Oh, man, thanks so much. And then I did ask him, I said, well, how are you doing? You know what? He opened up and shared all that he went through. He told me, he, I, I was amazing. He was willing to tell me the story when the, when the water's rushing in and there was, there was a panic moment. And then he needed to, to make sure, you know, his kids are safe. He goes, my kids, my younger kids, all they know is this house. He goes, we, we put them on the tractor and, and got them out of there and, and you know, everybody was safe. And, he, and then he just does this. He says, I've lost everything. And, and I said, oh, I said, well, what's your name? He said, Floyd. He said, Floyd, I'm a, I'm a person of faith and I just want you to know I'll be, I'll be keeping you in prayer. Yeah, I, I thought that would end the conversation. Not that I was in a rush, but I didn't know what else to say. And and he said, thank you so much. And then he began to open up his faith and what all that's going through. And he goes, I don't understand what God is teaching me. 
through this? I said, I don't know. I, I said, and I said, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're not supposed to put the titles on the chapters of, of life that we're going through right now. We'll know one day, but I don't know that. But all I know, Floyd, is that he's with you, that he's with you. And he goes, I know that. He goes, thank you. You know, it was my moment. I don't know if you get your moment, but I hope that you, you can have a moment this week to be carriers. I was carrying pizza, but what will you carry? What will you bring? What we bring is the very spirit of God to the people this week. That's the spirit of Christmas that we have. In some ways, maybe I had an opportunity. I wasn't sure to do with the lady at TJ Maxx, and here was my moment. There's many moments that you and I can have this opportunity to help them, usher them in the presence of God, but you can't give what you don't have. Does the spirit of Christmas live in you? Does the Holy Spirit live in you? invite you to just close your eyes here in a moment and invite you in prayer. This is, a, this is a really a preparation prayer this week. I think about Mary and how she surrendered her will when she was in the presence of, of the Lord through the angel. She says this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. May we just take this moment as we bow, we bow our head and our heart, we were posturing ourselves as Mary did. Lord, I don't, I don't know what you have for me. She had no idea what she was really going to, what was going to happen. But for us as well, Lord, I'm willing, I'm your servant. May your word in me be fulfilled. May you come and dwell. Come and dwell in me. The Bible says that, that uh, we can ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us. Paul says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled today. Lord, thank you that the, the Christmas spirit isn't a mood. It's not a, it's not an aesthetic. It's not just a, a seasonal thing. The very spirit, the spirit of Christmas is you, Jesus, through your Holy Spirit. So Lord, we pray for this week. We pray for this opportunity, Lord, that we could be carriers of you, carriers of your presence, carriers of the opportunity to share with those that truly, truly need hope this Christmas season, of all Christmas seasons, Lord Jesus. But Lord, maybe there might be people in the room, they're feeling empty, they're feeling alone, and they need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill them. In fact, I encourage you right now to say, Holy Spirit, fill me. Say it aloud, say it in your heart. Holy Spirit, fill me today. Jesus, we need you. We lift every heart here in this room. We lift every heart that would be gathering here on Friday. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Dwell in me. Live in me. Work in me 